You're listening to Playback, a Variety iHeartRadio podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards editor Chris Tapley. This week I'm talking to Oscar-nominated actor Woody Harrelson, who stars in the new film Solo, A Star Wars Story, as well as his own directorial debut, Lost in London. Both of those films come out May 25th, and I spoke to Woody at a recent junket for Solo, so the environment was a little less controlled than usual. If you hear any odd sounds and whatnot, that's what's going on. Please forgive. And uh, sit tight. This is Playback. It's a grind. <laughs> right. What about you? Yeah, Obviously busy. Be a grind. Uh, yeah, everything's great. I've been just, uh, you know, I'm like I'm actually I, I was working, you know, for a long period, and then I was I, I'm at the end of this uh, press tour, which uh, ends in London for me. It ends in New York for these guys, <clears throat> but at the end of it in London, really in a week. I'm teeing up a major, major lollygag. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, as cool. much as you can sit, lean forward on this, it'd be great. I'll do the same. It's a less than ideal scenario, but it's all good. <laughs> wow. We're already recording. Uh, everybody, I'm here with Woody Harrelson, the star of Solo, a Star Wars story. One of the stars. It's an ensemble. One of the stars, yeah. But, you know, we all know Woody. We all love Woody. Thank you for doing the show, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. We're in just so you too. Just so everyone knows, we're in kind of a big cavernous space. So if you hear other stuff, it's all good. Sometimes (laughs) it happens. But uh, that's what happens with these kinds of movies, man. They're massive. First of all, you're fresh off of uh, an Oscar nomination for three billboards. We didn't get a chance to talk last year, but congratulations on that. Thank you. What was that ride like? Um, it was really cool because, you know, a lot of times these indie movies, well, pretty much 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
really psyched I did it. Really psyched to then finally see it the other night at the premiere and <clears throat> find that it's just this great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Has so, you experienced uh, anything approaching that before? I mean, it's such a unique situation. The director gets replaced in the middle of the movie, and no, you basically no, never nothing. Yeah. That. In fact, I asked uh, after it happened. I asked a lot of actors if they'd ever had. No one. I think there's no like no one said they'd had it happen. Yeah, I'm just you know if there's anything similar, it's even hard to to fathom. But the only thing I can really think of is that they did the Exorcist prequel twice with Paul Schrader oh. and with Rennie, Rennie Harlan. And they oh, brought really? a lot of the same actors in some of the same situations, but that's kind of it. Uh, but, you know, what I wanted to ask was what kind of a movie were Phil and Chris making versus the one that Ron ultimately made? I think, um, you know, Phil and Chris are really good filmmakers. They just they're, they just have a different style, you know, mm-hmm. like this... this their their style is you know really works well for like prior to this they'd done maybe i think six movies every one was a huge hit and uh so they're really clever they love to improvise they love to try things and mix it up and you know i i i loved their style of working but i i feel like Probably, you know, it just wasn't ideal for the Star Wars universe, you know. And uh, so it really was a thing of creative differences, you know. They wanted to do it different from uh, the way the powers that be were used to Star Wars being done. Were you surprised at all by what they were doing? Because, I mean, and I'm asking everybody this, so you're not, like, on the spot, but what I've been wondering is, you know what they pitched versus what they were doing were, were people really surprised by what they were doing you know well I don't know I, I can't it wasn't surprising to me yeah but, uh, yeah I, mean, I guess uh, you know they do have their way of doing things and uh, you know I, I'd love to work with them again sometime I, I think they're they're terrific <clears throat> but I, I it would have been a much different movie yeah. if Ron Howard hadn't come in and that was uh, that was one of those things I remember the day I was talking to Ali Shermer who's like this mm-hmm. incredible woman incredible woman who uh, passed unfortunately after this movie finished and <clears throat> I was talking to her at the right after they had let Phil and Chris go, which I was pretty devastated. And so I was talking with her on the phone. And I said, well, you know, and she couldn't tell me anything about what who they were trying to proceed with or anything. And then I said, well, I heard this rumor about Ron Howard, but obviously that's bullshit. And she goes, no, it's true. <laughs> She couldn't help it. You know, the little girl in it had to tell me. And uh, so I was like, wow, that's pretty amazing. You, you know? worked with Ron before, hadn't you? I worked with Ron on when, Ed TV. Oh, Ed TV. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about Ed TV. Kind of, hey. Well, that's cool. And, uh, Get to work with him again? Yeah, really cool, man. He's such a gentleman, such a sweetheart, so savvy, 
you know, like, you know, he's just a guy who can come in like that after four months of shooting and just go, okay, we're going to yeah. do this, do this, and just pick up the pieces and go on. And, and that's what he did. Yeah, I was just talking to Donald Glover about this. I mean, it's it's a unique thing for you guys. You kind of, you got to see the same material handled from two different perspectives. I mean, who gets to experience something like that? I mean, he, he was telling me he took a lot from it, learned a lot from it. So, yeah. I mean, it was you know, an education. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you, you talked about the time situation and having that suddenly you're going through nine months, I mean, did that play any other havoc with your commitments? Because I know this because I've been trying to get you on the show for a while. You're super busy. <laughs> you're like the busiest yeah. guy out there. So, like, did you have to let anything go? Did you have – were there opportunities no, that you missed? No, because I had planned to take the year off. Okay. You know, like, that was my plan. And Good. it just got pushed back to this year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I, and I do think I've really kind of overdone it. You know, just like eventually <laughs> you got to just stop. Like there's a lot of good projects out there, but eventually just the, the in no word has to become, you know, part of your <laughs> – and, you know, I do. I say no to a lot of things, but then there's so many cool things that I was like, oh, that project so cool what great writing what a great director what a great this that and the other and you convince yourself to do things when anyway now i'm saying no and i'm mm -hmm. just taking the rest of this year off well, not gonna, until january i was gonna ask what you thought that was about like do you just are you in love with the work that much like you just because i mean no, if i lived in maui i, I would I, probably never leave maui that's just it it's <laughs> very hard to leave maui very hard but it's also very hard to leave maui not just because it's beautiful and a great place but because uh, i don't like leaving my family yeah and then sometimes they can come with me but i spent a long time in london where they weren't there yeah because you know school um so anyway i'm now uh, like I say, teeing up a lot of gag, and I certainly will be just chilling. So, yeah, next time you invite me, I'll probably be there. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, how about that volcano? Yeah, it's wild. Jesus. That's very wild. Looking at some of the video. Oh, yeah, it looks real over. apocalyptic. Yeah. You know? uh, very but, Roland Emmerich, if you will. Yeah, it does look very Roland Emmerich. Uh, you know, a guy like you, I can, I got to branch out and talk about a few other things. I wanted to talk about War for the Planet of the Apes from last mm -hmm. year. I mean, I had uh, Matt Reeves on the show. I had Andy Serkis on the show. I thought that film was phenomenal, one of my favorites of the year. So uh, just tell me about sparring with Mr. Serkis on that movie. Well, definitely, I would say, one of the great actors I've ever come across, like, great like one of those actors where you, you say, uh, we, we'll need you to cry, and he'll say, which eye? <laughs> you know, like, he's just great. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so deeply, you know, inside Caesar. So so much. So, I mean, he just, he is the character. Yeah. And I love acting with people like that who are so immersed like that. <clears throat> And uh, so, uh, and he's a great guy. Everybody was saying what a great guy. I was like, Jesus, everybody talks about this guy. Like, he's the great, greatest guy in the world before I finally, you know, and then I met him. And mm -hmm. I think, oh, my God, he is. Like, mm -hmm. such an incredible guy. But really hard worker. Yeah. Never stops working. 
Have you done the performance capture thing before? Um, Putting on the suit and all that? No. You, you, you think you would? Would you be interested? Uh, yeah. It's yeah, always interesting to talk to veteran actors who finally get around to doing something like that, like talking to Bridges about it a few years back with Tron and stuff like that. So I could see doing it. I, I the, This whole motion capture thing is definitely becoming... I mean, it, it's become such a huge mainstay in the industry. I, I imagine eventually I'll, I'll be doing it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let's talk about your directorial debut right here, Lost in London. Is that yeah. coming out the same day as Star Wars? Coming out on May 25th, this gigantic movie, <laughs> and then Star Wars. Uh, no. Uh, I, I think it'll. Uh, it, it's cool. It's coming out on Hulu and iTunes, and uh, it's a comedy mm-hmm. with Owen Wilson and Willie Nelson and a uh, great bunch of actors in London who helped me, you know, recreate a night in my life uh, that, that, that happened... Uh, many years ago that was without question one of the worst nights of my life but you know i started thinking a couple years after that there's merits to the story you know it's like a redemption story it's a story about you know true gratitude for the life you have in a sense and i started thinking and you know even though it was just a humorless light night it could be funny yeah so what did you i mean you know you shot this in one shot uh, you know, yeah. it, it just live like that. I mean, what made you decide if you're going to make your first movie that it would be something that insane? <laughs> well, there's another movie I wrote uh, called The Misadventures of Mr. Fitz, which I always assumed that would be the first thing I would direct. But <clears throat> since this became the first thing, I really wasn't... I, I was thinking maybe I could shoot it in real time. But I wasn't thinking about live broadcasting, and I wasn't thinking about single camera. Those just kind of more little add-ons. <laughs> How does that come up? How does uh, that, like... Well, the single camera came from Nigel Willoughby, who is my uh, DP, mm-hmm. really good DP. Uh, he did Downton Abbey, and he's great. And he wanted badly to do... I told him to watch, uh, would you watch Victoria? And he watched Victoria, and then he just couldn't think of it anyway but a single camera. I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> single camera. And, I, and he convinced me, and then I, you know, went away and put, went through the script, and I'm like, yeah, it's impossible. You can't shoot this single camera. There were too many things that made it impossible. And then... I got together with them and said, look, you know, you, we, this is now a week later or whatever, and I'm just like, we can't do this single camera. There's no way. And he's convinced me again. <laughs> and then I went away, and I looked at it, and then I needed to be consent, convinced three times. And then the third time, I really went through the script, and I started <laughs> just thinking of ways, things that I could alter that it could be single camera. And now I can't imagine it not have being single camera i don't think it would be nearly the same movie you know Mm -hmm. i think it would have really dealt a a bad blow to the film to be multi-camera yeah uh in the live broadcast element 
And that just came because I, I just one day thought to myself, hold it. I'm shooting this in real time, you know, at the first, you know, I used to dream about shooting something in real time, you know, years ago. Uh-huh. Before it was even possible, you just didn't have the ability to do it, you know, especially back when it was film, you know, every whatever, yeah. 11 minutes, you got to change it. But then I started thinking, if I'm shooting this in real time, I wonder if you could also live stream it. And I was thinking about live streaming it onto the Internet, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> but then I was like, hold it, you could try to live stream it directly in the theaters. And that's when I got in touch with this guy, John Ruby, who, uh, you know, runs this company that, that does that kind of thing. And, yeah, started trying to figure it out and trying to find the right people to believe that it was even possible. I mean, the butterflies had to be crazy. What was the night before you started yeah. shooting like? It was, yeah, well, the, the night before, we actually shot it twice. Just practicing it? Yeah, yeah, practicing it, running through the whole thing. Then, and I didn't want to do it that way, but they wouldn't allow me to use the kids uh, in in a way that, you know, I wanted to do it three nights in a row, but they would only allow two nights of kids being up late. Okay. So shot it twice the previous night. Uh, the first time went pretty good. The second time, not so good. Um but before that, you know, we shot sections of it, and there were things prohibitive, like, you know, there were places where we needed police escorts and needed to go the wrong way down a road and all these things that we couldn't really do until those those last two nights, yeah. which I think was like a Wednesday and a Thursday. And... and uh, I got to say, I the the sound was all messed up. The but just the night before the the Wednesday night, so that was a Tuesday night. We did uh, we tried to run through some stuff, and the live feed fell out. The sound was messed up, and I'm like, this is all happening tw- 24 hours later or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a disaster, you know yeah. what I mean? And so. Yeah, it was, a, it was ambitious. I, I don't I don't know. I think I'd do it again, but not like in this case. There's like, what, 14 locations. Yeah, maybe a little more control. You know, 500 extras, yeah. uh, 300 crew. Like it, it was, yeah, I wouldn't do it like that. That was just too much and, and too ambitious in this two-mile radius and yeah. the Waterloo Bridge and everything. I, I think, yeah, if I did it again, I'd do it more like... <laughs> You know, not on a stage, but, you know, more like that kind of thing where you have a limited amount of having to be mobile. Yeah, you know? like fail-safe. They yeah, did, you did that yeah, live. I, I think there's five vehicles in this, five <laughs> times. And those were the, where the sound was most messed up was in the vehicles. But, yeah, last night it finally did come through. Cool. Uh, are you eager to keep directing? You, you want to do more stuff? Yeah, yeah. I want to do that Fitz movie yeah. I told you about. Um, and I got another thing that I wrote that uh, I think would be really good. All comedy. I yeah. just want to do comedy. Really? I really just want to do comedy generally, but I do find myself getting involved with these uh, dramas. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Oh, you know what? I've always wanted to... 
I've oddly never had a conversation with you about White Man Can't Jump. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what to ask you. I just, I love the movie. I, I watched it in my garage a couple nights ago on VHS, which I <laughs> tend to do every other week. Uh, oh, that's I cool. mean, what, 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 I mean, when you think back to that movie and that pop cultural moment, anything come to mind? Well, I remember uh, auditioning for it because you know at the time was, I was on Cheers and I and I had been on Cheers six years, and I just couldn't get uh, you know other work. And, you know, I think at the time it was much more of an issue of, like, you know, if you're on a show, then you're kind of known for that character, mm-hmm. and then you're not in movies. Mm-hmm. Now it's a little more people, movie stars do TV shows, TV shows. You know, everybody's, it's not quite yeah. as restricted. So I can remember rehearsing, uh, you know, trying out for it, and part of it was we had to show we could play basketball. Well, if Keanu Reeves was a good basketball player, he would have done that part because <laughs> he wanted to do it, and yeah. he was already a, a popular actor, so he would have got to play that part. And he did a massive amount of, I think, uh, you know, doing, uh, you know, practicing and practicing. But like that's one of those things where it's hard if you haven't been. Yeah, you're not going to look two like a natural. Weeks suddenly be. Yeah, you know shooting jumpers so uh but i do remember doing that you know and i'm like and my mindset was very positive and confident and i'm just gonna i gotta get this part i just had a feeling and of course it did change my life but i can remember going down the court and someone passing me a, a basket a basketball and i'm on the side of the basket at probably about eight to ten feet away and I did a jumper and I'm just like I knew I was going to sink it and then as it just swished I'm like I'm getting this part (laughs) so then when we started doing the the movie I gotta say it was kind of thrilling because I love the way Ron works you know Ron had a good script but he was also very much open and liked us improvising and, and we were all trying everything we'd throw everything out there uh yeah i was i was in santa fe one time uh and i was having like a glass of wine or something downstairs at the hotel and they brought the check over and it wasn't it was the wrong check and i looked down it was a small like boutique hotel and the name that was on the check that they were like returning the credit card receipt it was ron shelton so i'm like Looking around, trying to see where Ron Shelton is. Apparently, at my uh, at my hotel, I just thought that was weird. Did you find him? No, I didn't see him. I don't, I don't think I knew what he looked like. Actually, I was just like, oh, that's a director I love, but I don't actually know what he looks like. Which one of these guys is Ron you Shelton? You would love that guy. He's I, great. I like his movies, man. I like Ten Cup a lot too. Actually, yeah. I was a big fan of that one. Yeah, um, great filmmaker. What else? What else? Oh, yeah, I was talking about Roland Emmerich a minute ago. I wanted to bring. Midway up. I mean, are you going to be a part of this movie, it looks like? Yeah. I'm taking the rest of the year off, except for Midway. I'm going to do that. <laughs> you yeah. excited for that? I mean, that, yeah. his movies are massive, yeah. obviously. You've his, been a part of them. His movies are, are yeah, he's just an incredible filmmaker. And, you know, to have such a big vision, like I look at what he did with 2012, where, you know, so much of that was CG. Mm-hmm. And to be able to create that that world 
Wow. I, I think he's great. And uh, and I think it's been a while since he did a, a, one of these big blockbusters. So I'm psyched that he's doing this. What kind of role are you going to have? Uh, I'm playing Admirable, Admiral, Admiral Nimitz. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I, I haven't started studying him yet, yeah. but it's cool to be playing like a real character and, you know, from a very, you know, everybody knows about Pearl Harbor and can talk about Pearl Harbor, but people don't realize what a significant uh, battle that was at uh, Midway. Yeah, absolutely. And then I also wanted to talk about something else you have on the horizon, um, the Highwaymen. You and Costner playing these uh, guys that came out of retirement to catch Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, we shot that. When's it coming out? Uh, that I don't know, but that's a Netflix original movie. Yeah. So uh, How'd you like that? Yeah, we finished that, I don't know, like a month ago or something. And, uh, good. I, th- I thought really good. Sounds like a fascinating story. John Lee Hancock. Yeah, it's it's so cool. It's the yeah the Bonnie and Clyde story from the perspective of the lawman. You know, I think that everybody is familiar with the Bonnie and Clyde from like I think it's '68 or something, <clears throat> and and that's kind of how we think of Bonnie and Clyde. So I think this will be a different perspective on Bonnie and Clyde. They did get kind of a glorified, you know. Yeah. In fact, uh, when they were killed, um, which was we, the actual where we shot the killing of Bonnie and Clyde. Spoiler alert! Uh, <laughs> was in the very spot where they were killed. Really, in the very spot on this road. Wow! Which is so out in the boondocks, you know, probably about an hour outside of Shreveport. Right. And uh, so we shot there, I think, three days, four days, maybe, I forget. And uh, and I found out, you know, so then you're in the area. In fact, there's a Bonnie and Clyde Museum not far from there. And the town that they brought them into, uh, Arcade, I think it is, Louisiana, the word went out right after they killed them. And by the time they they had to hitch it up and bring it, the the car wasn't really operative after they. I mean, they really shot shot it up, and so they had to tow it. And by the time they towed it, that I think six miles or whatever into town, there were six thousand people waiting. Jesus. Yeah, and they'd come from everywhere, and then they just kept coming. It was really quite a. It was a big deal at the time, you know. Let me wrap up with this. Uh, always curious about a guy like you who's had, you know, done so much. Do you feel like there's any stones left unturned? Do you feel like there's something you still want to do you haven't been able to do as an actor specifically, but, you know, anything in this business that you feel like you haven't gotten a chance to do yet but you really want to? Well, I want to – I do – there are projects that I want to direct. And, uh, you know, I love acting. I, I would like to keep doing that. Uh, but I think, um, you know, I really loved directing. I really felt kind of, I don't know, it just, I'm, not, I'm a very indecisive person in life, but somehow as a director, I'm like, yep, that one, yeah, okay, yeah, we're going to try this. And, you know, I'm just very decisive. Like, some, it 
kicks into another part of me that I didn't even know was there. And uh, uh, so that, uh, yeah, I'd like to do more directing. I'd like to direct the Fitz movie. But I also feel like uh, I want to do a play that, like, every time I've done a play as a professional actor, since I've been, been a professional actor, so I'm not talking about college, there were things that were not quite as gratifying as they could be, you know. I did one called On an Average Day. It was an original play of this guy, Calvin Bach. And that one was a pretty great play. Yeah. And and the response was great. Did that on the West End. But then the next time, a couple, few years later, I did on the West End... Uh, 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 Night of the Iguana, Tennessee Williams, which was not a great experience, and I felt like really, even if you do everything right, it's like you've given the audience a little donkey punch. You know, it's not <laughs> like it's nothing they right. can. You know, you don't yeah. walk out of there feeling, oh, I learned something or jubilated. I mean, you just feel like, man, like I don't know where Tennessee Williams' head was at, but. He wasn't into making people feel good, apparently, <clears throat> at that stage. So I would like to do, and even on an average day, there was humor, but I would really like to do a funny play, like 80 to 90 minutes, that is just, you know, really fun, and then come out of there, you know, hit the pub, and <laughs> and uh, and have a great night, knowing you made people laugh. Yeah. Uh, and I started, I wrote a play, um, not funny, not well written, but <laughs> he, I thought about that being, the, but you know, then there's other possibilities. I, I just want to find something that yeah. would be cool. Have you ever, you haven't worked with McDonough on the stage, have you? No, but I think the funniest play ever written was probably Lonesome West. Yeah, you guys should get together. That's a master... Com- comedic dark comedy play yeah. I guess this is all dark comedy but <laughs> yeah. yeah I'd like to do something with Martin I mean you know now the guy's just so uh, successful God knows if he'll even get back to the yeah. theater no no he's doing a play doing now. now there's yeah. um, in New York it was the uh, oh, God I can't think of the name of it right I forgot now, to yeah yeah we talked about it on the show not too long ago but yeah oh cool um, all right, well, you know, the movie's called Solo. I'm sure everyone's well aware of this one. Uh, check out Lost in London, too. They're both out on May 25th. And Woody Harrelson, I'd l- you should come back on the show, man. Talk to you all day I'd long. I'd love to. love to, man. Happy to have you. Thank you for doing yeah, it. Yeah, thanks. Good luck. <laughs>